0: The Finley Toyota Studio. It's Colefield and Company. Yeah, let that pump, let that bump. We are back. It is Colefield and Company. Happy Monday to you. And the Super Bowl is set Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles. It is Willie Ramirez for cofield and company and i got my guy demond in the house he's sitting behind the board quarterback in the show and we got so much to talk about uh demond what's going on
1: buddy happy monday to you happy monday willie i mean there's a lot going on obviously got the super bowl set Conference championship games were yesterday. I mean, the Royal Rumble was this past Saturday in WWE. That's big to me. But, hey, there's so much to talk about. You know what? We are going to get to a
0: lot of it. We got to get to some personal chatter and banter between you and I because we always talk about the gym. We talk about our workouts. I came in. You were down. You were not happy with yourself. You didn't get it in. I got it in before I got here. So we're going to have to cover it all right now. It's the three.
1: It's the three on Cofield and Company.
0: All right, so before we cover your lack of workouts for Monday, which I know you'll get it in and go harder even tomorrow, let's jump right to it. The Chiefs, the Eagles are in. The Bengals, the Niners are out. But for some reason, DeMond, hmm, the dominating conversation is the referees and how two teams... Got screwed. I don't necessarily see it that way. Uh, I don't think that the referees caused the Eagles to win by 24 points. And I don't see how the referees necessarily, there were bad calls on both sides. There were definitely some non calls. But a game that goes down to the wire and a field goal gets kicked to win the game, I don't think that that's in the officiating hand either.
1: Yeah, I don't see what all this controversy is. If you want to go to that last play of the game where the unnecessary roughness is called when you push Patrick Mahomes after he's clearly out of bounds, be mad at the player on the Bengals. There was one on a kick return or was it a punt return where, the, hey, that could have been a block in the back. I watched that over and it's a, eh, I don't really know about that either, where there's so many times where people want to say, oh, this didn't, they made the wrong call. But a lot of the times it's the officials, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to make every call or not make the call at all, because that last play of the game, oh, the, that's the referees deciding the game. No, that's the players deciding the game, because you got to know when to pull up. And then if they don't call it, you could have that other, you could be mad on either side to say, oh, they should have called that. It was the correct call to make, so why are you mad?
0: Right. And and if you look at the yardage, you look at the plays that were called, it was it was pretty much even. Now, I will say there was a high disparity in the Eagles and 49ers in terms of pl- penalties called, but... Let's 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 be real here. The 49ers did not lose the NFC Championship game because of the referees. The fact of the matter is that game was lost when Brock Purdy was lost for the game. And what could be end up being a UCL injury Let's hope it's not too serious for the young kid who who had a remarkable run here for his rookie season. It's it's the common injury that you see in pitchers, in which results in Tommy John surgery. But once he was lost, that offense was it, it was just it just it was less than pedestrian. And let's take it even further. Brock Purdy doesn't play defense now. The Philadelphia Eagles did not play its best offensive game. And it's funny because I saw a lot of people say, you know, before the game, thinking that uh, Jalen Hurts was going to attack, the way to attack San Francisco was to go downfield, turn it vertical. That's not even his style. If anything, the reasons we did not see a lot of his downfield strikes or attempts work out, because that's not necessarily the style of play that's been effective. This is a power-rushing game. This is a dual-threat attack with Jalen Hurts. These are dink and dunk screen, screen passes in which they move the ball downfield methodically, set up the defense, draw them in, and then maybe take a shot downfield. But, I, you know, as—I don't want to say bad, but as mediocre as the Eagles somewhat played, they were the most dominating team on the field yesterday in both games. Um, I can see why the Sharps moved the game immediately, the Super Bowl, uh, immediately. The game opened up a pick'em, 49. It's now Eagles minus 2 and 50 at, at most places. There are some 49 and a halves out there. But the fact of the matter is, the referees did not cause the 49ers to lose, did not cause the Bengals to lose. We will touch more upon that. As the show progresses, we got some guests coming up um, in the show, and we will break that down as well. Now, as for the matchup itself, as I mentioned, Eagles and Chiefs, two number one seeds. Last time that happened, I believe, was the Pats and the Eagles. Um, I, I, I said it yesterday, DeMond, during my show right here on ESPN Las Vegas, um, that. No matter who won each game, I felt that we were going to, we are set up to have a fantastic Super Bowl, undoubtedly.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a good Super Bowl. And obviously, I just got to say it right off the bat. I'm rooting. For both of the quarterbacks, I mean, two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, haven't had that before in NFL history. So rooting for both of those guys, happy for both of those guys. But like you said, the matchups, the storylines, as people always like to say, you know, the Buffalo Wild Wings commercial, the NFL, they made the call, the storylines, the storylines would have been great no matter who was in the Super Bowl because you could have had Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant, going up against two other quarterbacks no matter who won on the AFC side, Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, That are he, these are guys that are the cream of the crop one A, one B. However you want to take me, even though Patrick Mahomes is better. But it's a lot of that Joe Burrow talk. I'm glad that that gets to die down. Yeah, Burrowhead Stadium. The mayor saying, Hey, he might be. We need to file the test. Is he Patrick Mahomes' father? See, the storylines were written. No matter who won, because you have two, two, four great teams. Or even the 49ers' defense, the weapons that they have. It didn't need to be the Brock Purdy show because of everyone that was around him. So when it comes to the storylines, the NFL couldn't lose.
0: I find it ironic that the 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 most the biggest storylines going into yesterday that we heard when it came to the trash talking the visiting teams we saw it's now known as the Rocky Balboa curse, uh, uh, where where someone goes to Philly and puts the visiting team's jersey on the Rocky <laughs> Balboa statue. Well, someone did that, and look what happened. And then you have the mayor, as you mentioned and brought up talking about with the proclamation and they got to play us day. But on top of it, calling out Pat Mahomes, talking about we need to have a paternity test to see if Joe Burrow is his daddy Man, I think that they poked the bear just a little bit too much. Both teams, but really the Bengals, because of this three and O bravado, and here's the thing I like Joe Burrow. I think I love his swag, the Cartier glasses, the mink coat. Like I, I think that he's gonna go a long way in this thing. I actually will go on go on record saying, like, I think that he has a better future based on what's been built around him as of right now than Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen could thrive somewhere else. Obviously, they built it around him. Buffalo's been you know, deep into the playoffs, um, and, and they seem to have an AFC East power built around him. But I like the way that the, the structure around the Bengals, I like Joe Burrow. Problem is, is there is way too much trash talking by the visiting teams leading up to yesterday's games, and I think it bit both of them where they didn't want it to.
1: Yeah, it comes to the trash talk, Burrowhead Stadium, Or I'm so tired of hearing that. The thing about Patrick (laughs) Mahomes is, I'll admit it, you know, you can take it from me. Talk about what you know about. I used to be a hater, too. So everybody that hates on Patrick Mahomes, I get it. I get it. But I came around, and I realized that this guy's the best quarterback that I've ever seen. And I'm not saying the winningness. I'm not saying, oh, is he Tom Brady yet? No. But when it comes to, this guy does things I've never seen before. Maybe you could take it back to the 80s like when Jordan would go up in the air and the defender's going down, but Jordan's still hanging in the air. Patrick Mahomes makes those sorts of throws where I know that no one else in the NFL can do that. You know why? Because I haven't seen anyone else in the NFL make that throw or do that play. So it's just stop that Patrick Mahomes hate. Yes, he is that good. I, if you say on the broadcast, they hype him up, they're not hyping him up enough. Right, and I
0: I, I will say this. somebody I, I can't remember who it was, but – I think I want to say it was someone from the local media said that the the best quarterback, someone put out one of those tweets for like, who's the best quarterback that you've seen in person or covered in person for media members, right? And then you quote the tweet and you put it out. And someone from the local said, Pat Mahomes. And I think the overall best performance I've seen doesn't mean he's the best quarterback, although I do think he's the best athlete in the NFL, was Lamar Jackson Monday Night Football last season? Mm-hmm. Opening Monday Night here at Allegiant Stadium against the Raiders. Um, be interesting to see where he lands if he leaves Baltimore. But yeah, I get what you're saying, man. It's uh, it's I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Jalen Hurts brings. I'm excited to see how Pat Mahomes. He's going to have two weeks to recoup that ankle. Um, Andy Reid. You got the Eagles. Can you imagine the Eagles? If the Eagles beat the Chiefs. Since he left, that would be two Eagles championships with two different coaches with two different quarterbacks. That's since he left Philly for Kansas City. That would be wild. So, some interesting storylines. Um, and we're, like I said, we're going to be touching upon everything as the show progresses. We got some great guest lines up, but let's talk a little Royal Rumble. And here's why because I know you're a WWE follower fanatic. I. Got into when I was younger, it was AWA in Minneapolis in the early 80s, right? <laughs> the American Wrestling Association. This was before there was even WWF. It was mm-hmm. NWA in the South, AWA out of Minneapolis. And then, you know, obviously WWE came around. And when my son was a little boy, he was well into it just before they changed initials from WWF to WWE. Um, but we have, I had some, um, a little bit of interest or uh, with with the Royal Rumble because a local wrestler uh and you know more about this um this WWE NIL can you fill me in real quick on that? It's it's the WWE next in line,
1: is that what it is? Yeah, WWE, where well, they're, they're spent on the NIL deal that they give out to college students, where it's a good little program where you get the NIL deal, so WWE, they're sponsoring you, you get that money while you're in college, and then it, it's not guaranteed that everyone's going to make the roster or you know, be be on the WWE main roster at some day, but that is a nice pro- program for the WWE to get that talent, where you see people, where Roman Reigns, he's the undisputed universal champion, even though he's got the family background, you know, his cousin being The Rock, so he it's the family bloodline for him. But he was also the co-captain at Georgia Tech along with Calvin Johnson when he was in college. So it's showing that that WWE pipeline where they can get those college athletes and turn them into wrestlers just as well as the people who Go into a wrestling school one day and say, This has been my lifelong dream. For some, it's those college athletes, and hey, it works just as well.
0: Well, and one of those athletes that was named to the to the WWE N I L and she was invited down to the Royal Rumble is Arborview graduate Peyton Prussian, two-time NAIA champion. We're gonna hope to get her on in the next couple of weeks. And you know what? I think she would be fantastic for your show, your fight game show because I know you you do a lot. You cover a lot of different angles on fight game. But yeah, Peyton Prussian, shout out to her. Um, if you're a local prep wrestling fanatic or your follower, you know that name. Peyton Prussian, one of the best women wrestlers in the nation. Part of that WWNIL. Again, lots to cover. Super Bowl. We got the uh, UNLV men and women swept. We're going to cover that and a whole bunch more. It's Monday with Cofield and Company. You're listening to Cofield and Company
2: on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, back here on this Monday. Willie Ramirez is here. It's Cofield. Willie, good start to the show. What's up, buddy?
0: Oh, you know, just... uh just uh, going over my notes for the big game, and uh, excited for two weeks from now. I'm I'm pumped. Everybody's in uproar about these officials, but I'm I'm pumped for the for the showdown. I want to talk about the teams that made it, not the teams that actually lost because they lost.
2: Well, let's talk about the games and a little bit of how they lost. Sorry if you don't want to do that, but
0: um, <laughs> of course
2: we got to go over the games first. First of all, the Niners, and it's funny. I'm seeing a lot of. The Eagles are lucky because the Niners had to go to their fourth-string quarterback. Do you, you realize how incredibly flawed and short-sighted that comment is, that the Eagles are lucky? How, how were they lucky yesterday?
0: Yeah, I don't get that. I, I'm, not, I'm not buying into that. I did say earlier that that's the main reason that the 49ers lost, but it's not the reason the Eagles won. The Eagles did what they do. They methodically moved the ball. They played good defense. Um, I, I don't think that there was any luck to it. I think that this is this is the number one seed in the NFC. And I thought that we saw, you know, a dominating defense do what it does best. And once it lost its fourth-string quarterback and Purdy had to come back in, which we later learned, he couldn't throw the ball longer than five or ten yards. Right. Um, I get it, but, you know, this is football. And that's part of the game.
2: Exactly. So, so th- th- think, think about what, what people are saying when they say the Eagles got lucky, the Niners didn't have Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson went out of the game. Why did that happen? Because of the Eagles. Because of the Eagles. Right. I don't understand how so few people were processing. Like, Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson didn't step on banana peels. They didn't fall awkwardly on the sideline. The defense for the Eagles knocked both of them out of the game. You just said earlier, it's part of the game. It's funny how few people will process the defensive side, and what happens, Hassan Reddick destroyed Brock Purdy and jacked up his arm, and why did that happen? Because little Shani, who is a really good coach but didn't have proper protection in place, For Purdy against a guy like Redick, who is a freaking monster on the edge. And then concussions aren't – that's not luck. If you destroy someone and they happen to fall and their head hits the ground, the defense did that. I didn't understand all the whining yesterday about how the Eagles got lucky. The Eagles' defense is great. This season they had, what, 70 sacks.
0: 75. 75 sacks. Including the postseason. Okay, so now
2: 75 sacks with the postseason. Well, that was part of why they rolled to a great record during the season. Their defense is awesome, and if you don't game plan for their rush, then you're going to get broken in half. And both of the Niners' quarterbacks got broken in half. There's nothing lucky about that.
0: That's, that's it. part
1: of the, that's part of the
0: game. That's it. That's right. And and it was it was something that I pointed out uh, during my Sunday show at the Westgate was that this isn't just a big deal. Like, oh, they okay, that's great. 75 sacks, including the postseason. That's the third most ever by a team in the single season that includes the playoffs. That's huge! I mean, how do you not prepare for that? That's, that's, that's got to be first and foremost. This whole week leading up to the game, or all, all last week leading up to the game, was, all we heard was battle of the defenses. It's going to be the battle of the defenses. Yes, the storyline was Mr. Irrelevant and Jalen Hurts and the young quarterbacks, but it was about the defensive units going into that game, both coaching staffs. What are you preparing for? Massive, nasty, filthy pass rush.
2: Eagles are good. The Eagles are good. We'll get to our early Super Bowl picks, and if we already made a bet in the game, but yeah, the Eagles are a really good team. And you know, on top of the defense being awesome, that was a top three rush defense in the Niners. And what did the Eagles do to them yesterday, Willie?
0: Well, they just ground, 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 and pound. They grinded away and methodically, methodically moved the ball. Be it screen passes, be it. Jalen Hurts moving the ball with his legs, dunking the dink and dunk, or just pounding the rock, and continuing to do what they do in that style. That's I mean it yeah. was.
2: I was just laughing because the other thing that cracked me up, and I, you know, what was funny about yesterday? Yesterday was I. I'm not saying it's the first time, but I thought it was bigger than ever that it was clear because there are so many new states that have legalized gambling. Willie, yeah and so many more people involved in a championship game betting and that includes the media that objectivity and talking about football with some intelligence went way out the window the griping and pissing and moaning yesterday about all these different factors in the games and how one team was getting screwed i mean there was a i mean especially people whining about the niners down the stretch some of the stuff they were saying and clearly they bet the niners some of the stuff they were saying in the fourth quarter just made no sense. If I read one more time with Brock Purdy in the game not being able to throw, that the Niners have to do something. They can't just keep running the ball. Put Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey, a quarterback, and I'm like, what are you talking about? There is no other option. Could you mix in a wildcat here or there from those guys? I guess there was no other option now if you want to get on the league for not having the designated third quarterback available anymore then that's something else but in that spot Kyle shanahan had nothing there were no options and just because you bet the game and you were pissed off because you were on the niners and you're frustrated speak with some intelligence what right. you're saying is it's just dumb
0: yeah and I get the diver you're looking at the you look at the disparity 11 penalties on the 49ers four on the Eagles but that still doesn't create a 31 to 7 victory no. I mean this was a team you asked me before just about and I wanted to get the official numbers Rarely do you see a team that outgains itself in terms of rushing versus passing but the Eagles rushed for 148 yards Three point four yards per carry, forty-four rushing attempts, hundred twenty-one yards net passing. That's that they yeah. they were fifteen to twenty-five, and 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 they were so they outgained themselves on the ground by twenty-seven yards. They played an old-school Smash Mouth ground and pound style of football and shoved it down San Francisco's throat. Yeah. Brock Purdy. Does not play on defense. Yes, he was lost. It didn't help. But he doesn't play defense. He doesn't make the difference on on stopping Philadelphia. So uh, I I didn't have a problem. You know, there were egregious calls, absolutely. Overall, it was not the best day for the NFL officials. I get it. But those officials did not lose the game for either the 49ers or the Bengals.
2: A lot more breakdown of the games coming up. Uh, Check that. The game coming up. Uh, we'll get to the opening number and where it's shifted to today for the Super Bowl. We'll also look back a little more on the Niners and Eagles, and as well as the Bengals and the Chiefs game. It's Cofield and Company. I'm live here in Fort Collins, Colorado, as the UNLV is taking on CSU tomorrow. Willie is in studio a little later. We'll be joined by a ton of good guests, and uh, Adam Hill will stop by as well. It's Cofield and Company kicking off Pro Bowl Games Week right here in Vegas.
0: You're listening to Cofield and Company
2: on ESPN Las Vegas. All right. Super Bowl's upon us. Willie Ramirez, Cofield. Number comes out last night, Willie. And I know you ran the numbers on your computer or you got it from uh, Jimbo's football leaflet, like you usually do. What'd you come up with? And then we'll talk about where the line started last night and where it is today.
0: Um... I take a little offense to that. I don't even know who Jimbo is. But I do have a spreadsheet program. Yes. And I had it waiting to go as the game. Uh, okay, I have to admit something. I have to do something so you can clown me because this is something that will last forever. Two minute warning. I watched the first game at some friends' house. Went home at halftime of the second game with all intention of hitting the gym for some cardio at the, after the second game ended. Two minute warning. Closed my eyes for 10 seconds, woke up at 8 o'clock, and had to, I had to hit rewind and hope it would go as far. It, I didn't realize that rewind only goes back X amount of time, so I had to go find it and watch the end <laughs> of the game. I missed the whole game live. That's the worst. The, so, anyway, I punched in the numbers, and it was wild because by the time I, I did that, about 8.30, the number had moved. But when I punched in the numbers in the, compu- in the spreadsheet program, It had the Eagles winning 25.63 to 23.37, a margin of 2.3, and a final total of 48.99. Oh, my, look up, total 2 and 49 and a half. So
2: So now you're not betting the game.
0: No, I'm betting it.
2: What do your numbers say? You can't.
0: No, because there are four finals that bring you to the average, and here's the way it looks. Here's the way it's looking. Based on the last eight games, overall performance, 25.31, 22.5. It's a three-point win by the Eagles. Last four games, Eagles are supposed to win by six. For the season, Eagles by two. When you con- when you look at the, the how the teams performed away from their stadiums, the Chiefs win by one. So when you combine and crunch those numbers, the overall average brings you to a 2.3 spread by the Eagles. So, I'll be I'll, I, as of right now, I'm looking at Eagles and under. Because I, I do think that the Eagles are going to put the clamps on. And I think at this point, Andy Reid's going to be staring at his former team, looking at its second championship with two coaches and two different coaches and two different quarterbacks since he left.
2: So, right now, number... Is Eagles two and the total forty nine and a half? You said so. You just said Eagles and the under. So you're not betting until what next Saturday?
0: I usually, you know, what I do is I I pull out a grip and go Sunday morning because I like like it's kind of like for me Super Bowl Sunday has always been like Christmas Eve. I I have two weeks to go bet it, and yes, it would be great, but it, there's just something about going last minute and doing it just just to be a part of it. So I I, I you're I'm, gonna
2: bet you're gonna bet. I mean, you might be waiting a little too long at that well, point. The, isn't, your, isn't your goal here to
0: – If the line e- dips, if I'll if go get If you want it.
2: Eagles and under, then you need to wait to try to find the best value because I think the line will dip, yeah. and I think the total might go up.
0: Well, the good thing is is I have, a, I have which we've talked about this season, I have a neighbor who has I don't know how many apps. So if I need to – if I see the number start to dip real quick, I can text him and say, hey – I'm right. seeing this line movement on the line service I got up. Um, can you hit this for me? Yeah.
2: So, and let me let me correct what I was just saying. If you believe or we believe that the number is going to go down in favor of the Chiefs, you better grab it right now because you could have gotten two and a half last night on the Eagles. The crazy thing, it's not crazy, but um, a lot of books actually, some books, actually opened the Chiefs minus one and a half. Most books opened in Pick 'em and then all the action pushed the Eagles overnight into today to uh, two and a half. So there's already been... You know, a bunch of shifting. I know from uh, the newspaper story by Dewey, uh, there were some pretty big bets. Not the biggest ones, because there's going to be seven-figure bets oh, that yeah. come in. But there's already been some significant bets, you know, in the tens of thousands, upwards of 100,000 early on here. So it's it's uh, it's going to get crazy. And I would assume our handle, I think our record handle, or not a record, but last year's handle was like 179.3, something like that, 179 million. I would expect for this game, like you're not sour on this game, right, because of the weird. The weird weekend with the officiating, right? I, I think the excitement will be through the freaking roof on this game.
0: Oh yeah, no, I think no. The, the only people that are sour are actual Forty Nine er and Bengals fans. I don't think they're overall NFL fans. I think it's yeah. I think it's it's fans of the teams that are that are complaining and moaning. I I, I think that this is going to be. I think that the hype and the the uh, the anticipation for the matchup and um you know and and hurts versus – uh, Mahomes. I, think, I think there's a lot of excitement for this, and it'll build up, and I think it'll help drive uh, revenue to the books.
2: Let's talk more early betting on the Super Bowl react to yesterday's results and bring in Anita Marks from ESPN and the Daily Wager here in just a couple minutes.
0: You're listening to Cofield & Company
2: on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, back here on this Monday earlier in the day, I had a chance to uh, catch up with a gambling expert from Daily Wager, Anita Marks, and we started off the conversation talking about yesterday's games and just how hard they were to bet.
3: No, it was not. So the, the first game, um, I did well. Um, I was all over the Eagles. I, I picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl in uh, in the pre before the season began. Actually, my Super Bowl matchup was Eagles over Chargers, oh, wow. but we all know how, we all know how that ended. Yeah. Um, so uh so I, I did well with the side. Um you know I did not do well with my prop bets. The way you beat the 49ers is through the air. So 70 almost 70% of the scoring against the 49ers has been done in the passing game. As you know coming in they had the number 1 rushing defense in the NFL. So I faded Miles Sanders, right? Like no. I didn't even think about using Gainwell um, Boston Scott is a New York giant killer, not anyone else. Right. So I faded the rushing game and I really, and I, I, I played the over in receptions and receiving yards for De- Devante Smith and AJ Brown. So I got burned in the prop market, but I won on the side of the Eagles. So I broke even on that game. And then, um, and then I, 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 I feel the wrong team won last night. I I think Cincinnati is the better team, but you can't take away uh, the the heroics, right? Of Patrick Mahomes out there. It was like Michael Jordan-esque watching him play the way that he did with with that ankle. Um, So I, I, yeah, so I I took, I took a bath in that, in that matchup.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Eagles uh, killed the books and the, um, the Bengals were actually a very public side. So the, the books made out, and we always in Vegas, we try to rep the books as well. I'm a very pro player, much more pro player than, than sitting here pimping pimpin the books. Did you walk away from the Bengals and the Eagles feeling like um, betting the game was a little bit dicey because of the officiating?
3: I couldn't. I felt like it's interesting you say that because I had a bunch of people over my apartment. We watched the Eagles game, and then we watched the first half of the Cincinnati Kansas City game. And because it was a Sunday, Everyone was like, Oh, I've got to get home. So I watched the la- the second half by myself. And I was sitting there saying to myself, like, I feel like there's a flag on every play. Yeah. I mean, I just felt like like they weren't letting them play. And so, and and so many of the flags were like even the one where I guess the clock wasn't correct, and Cincinnati had stopped them on third down, so it was fourth down and 12. And then they said, Oh, well, no. We had a problem with the clock. I mean, I just felt like the officiating was a disaster. And it was just, it was just, I felt like there were so many calls, especially in the second half, that just changed the dynamic of the game. So I was kind of disappointed in that. But really, at the end of the day, it came down to Cincinnati's offensive line, and you couldn't stop Chris Jones, right? Five, five quarterback hits, two sacks in the fourth quarter. Uh, he was really instrumental in Joe Burrow's um, intentional grounding call, and then that final drive that you felt like, wow, maybe Cincinnati could drive down here with m- leaving like maybe less than two minutes on the clock and kicking a field goal and going up by by three, twenty-three twenty. Of course, uh, you know Chris Jones gets back there, stacks uh, Joe Burrow, and then they have to punt. So at the end of the day, we could sit here and I could give you a million reasons why I think Cincinnati should have won, right. but. At the end of the day, Cincinnati's offensive line did not play well, and Chris Jones was an absolute beast.
2: That's the voice of gambling expert Anita Marks from the Daily Wager. She's up on Cofield and Company here on a Monday to start looking ahead to the Super Bowl. So they they post numbers last night, and um, many of the books had the Chiefs as a small favorite, the game as they pick him, and immediately the game goes the other way, right?
3: Yeah, because so much, so much money came rolling in, right? So now... Uh, so now they, right from what I understand, yeah. like as soon as it hit, um, I, I'm still on this Eagles team. I still, I still think the Eagles, They here's the thing. They have so much depth at every position, offensive line, right? They've got playmakers uh, on all three levels of defense. They're solid. 70 sacks, third most in NFL history. And what I think this is going to come down to is, is it and, and you know we hear it time and time again, right? It's one in the trenches, and I feel at the end of the day, um, Eagles have a better offensive line and a better rushing attack than. And, and not to take anything away from Chris Jones, like I said, he's amazing, but this Eagles offensive line is a lot better than Cincinnati's because they had so many guys that were out, and um, and so I just I think this is going to be an Eagles team. They've got one of the best pass rushes. They've got a deep backfield. And they're the number one defense in the passing game. And at the end of the day, that's how Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs beat you. So, uh, I'm 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 on the Eagles right now.
2: For folks who don't know, in Vegas, uh, Daily Wager, uh, much of it emanates from a studio right here in Las Vegas, over by the link. Do you guys have big plans for the Super Bowl? What do you guys have planned?
3: We do not. I think Doug, I know. I, I think Doug Kazarian is the only one who's traveling okay. to uh, Glendale uh, with his dog um who's become a a, a a star right on Sports Center and his sports center hits so Doug's the only one who's going I, you know it's, it's it's interesting I don't there's just don't you feel like there's just not a lot of buzz around the Super Bowl this year and I don't know if it's because it's in Arizona I don't know I I just I don't I don't feel like there's a lot of hoopla around the Super Bowl this year so yeah listen' that- we're, we're gonna we're you know we're gonna have a ton of picks we're gonna have a ton of plays. If, you know, folks that listen to you watch Daily Wager, you know, I play a ton of prop bets each and every game. I'll have it all.
2: Well, here's the thing. Because of the spread of sports gambling, you don't have to be uh, at the site of the Super Bowl or anywhere near Vegas. But that said, you know what? I'm doing this off the cuff because I should have researched this before we had you on. I think this may be the first Super Bowl where the state that is hosting the Super Bowl, there's betting in that state. I mean, I'm excited about it because. Um, obviously, I bet here in Vegas. We can use the apps in Vegas. Um, I opened up some apps in Arizona a couple of years ago when I go down to Arizona. So this should be pretty interesting for Arizona. Uh, people can actually bet in the state. They can bet during the game at the venue. That's gigantic.
3: It's huge. Um, but you can't you can't bet on the Raiders, though, right?
2: Oh, we can bet on the Raiders. We can bet, and in Nevada. We can bet on everything. You know, I'm I'm actually from New Jersey, so the New Jersey rule of not being able to bet on colleges um, and college sports uh, in the garden state is incredibly stupid. We got rid of that in 2001 because of the perception that there was, you know, something shady and, and Nevada just said, you know what? You can bet on Nevada. You can bet on UNLV. Um, we're on the up and up. You know, we report these things, we follow it. So now you can, you can bet everything in the state of Nevada.
3: Well, that's fantastic. Yes. Um, yeah. Fantastic. I, I think, I think it's, you know, when you look around, when you look around the state, or, or you know, the the landscape, I should say, of of sport. Um, who, who do you Matt? Who do you feel embraces gambling most? Is it is it the PGA Tour? Is it the NBA? Who who do you think embraces gambling most?
2: You might have mentioned the the best one, which I think is under the radar that the PGA went hog wild during COVID because they really embraced gambling. And there's a lot there's there's a lot of creative ways you can bet on golf.
3: Oh, I it's my it's my favorite sport to handicap, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love, I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm an avid golfer, so I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I love handicapping golf and you're right. You know, when I, I'll go and I'll host shows, my radio show here in New York, I'll host. Uh, whenever there's a tournament here, we'll make sure I'm out there. I'm broadcasting a show live from there. And they typically have like a DraftKings sports tent or fan dual sports tent, um, like right there on the premises, and so it's a party, man. They've got a ton of bars um, set up, and they've got a bunch of kiosks. And you can, and it's great. You can bet not only just on you know what golfer you think's gonna win, if he, what he's gonna shoot over or under that day, but like you can bet like you're right there, like you're on hole 17. You can bet it's a par three. Is he gonna par it? Is he gonna bogey it? Is he gonna birdie it? It's I, I, I'm with you. I think the PJ Tour does it right.
2: Yeah, we don't have – in terms of uh, gambling, we don't have a ton of presence around uh, Allegiant during the Raiders games. And I kind of wonder for the Super Bowl if the books that are legal in Arizona are just going to blitz, you know, all the important scenes where people are walking around to try to get sign-ups, to try to intro people. Because you're going to have all these people coming in, many of whom right now, like Kansas City Chiefs fans, really can't bet in their home area. Uh, Philly fans obviously can. So I think there's going to be a lot of signups. I think there's going to be a lot of promotion unless – I don't know something and the NFL is going to try to shut it down a little bit, but I don't know why they would do that, especially with their partners. Um, back to the wagering on the game. I'm not a big totals player, but uh, what do you think of the totals uh, in, or the total in this one at 49 and a half? It hasn't moved yet, but I would expect the the, the total to spike up a little bit.
3: I, I actually like the under here. Okay. Like I said, I, I and, and again, I know, We've got two weeks to really digest, right? Right, marinate in this, right? So, like, just right, like, based on what I've seen so far, I really think this is going to be about the defense and, uh, you know, Chris Jones and, and, and that you know, Chris Jones and, and, uh, in, um, Frank getting after Jalen Hurts, who, let's be honest, he came out yesterday post game. I knew that his shoulder was not 100% against the Giants. Full disclosure, I had the Giants plus seven and a half. Obviously, they fell far from covering. I thought the Giants were able to get get in and get after Jalen Hurts. Eagles offensive line played exceptionally well. Giants didn't even have like one hit, one sack, nothing. They couldn't even sniff him out that game. Um, So you've got Jalen Hurts, who's playing differently. and, And you saw it, you saw it yesterday against the 49ers as well you know it's 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 he's he's not as explosive in the rushing game that that obviously opens up the passing game for him so I think they're playing a little vanilla and a little conservative because of his shoulder and I don't think you know two weeks I don't think that's going to go away by the Super Bowl Hmm. and again I just I I like what we saw from Chris Jones and uh, Spagnola uh, Spagnola the um, the defensive coordinator for Kansas City I think they're going to try to get in there and rough him up. So I'm just – and and vice versa with the Eagles, you know, they're so good. Number one pass defense, um, Hassan Reddick, I, I think he's going to get in and try to get after Patrick Mahomes. That's a high ankle sprain. Even, again, two weeks, I don't think Patrick's going to be 100%. So I, I like the under here. I, I just think that this is all – it's going to be about both teams' front seven trying to stop what they both do equally as good.
2: I like that angle. Anita Marks is with us from ESPN and the Daily Wager. Um, As we look ahead to MVP, I mean, generally, most people want to play the quarterbacks. Can you find value in the quarterbacks that hurts even money and Mahomes plus 135? Or do you want to find one of those elite receivers to try to get a lot more value on?
3: Yeah, so a few things. Number one, again, I I do believe the Eagles win. So obviously, you know, you, you pick the player from the winning team. What happened? Like only once in the history, right? Once or twice in the history of the NFL has an MVP player been chosen from the losing team, right? Something like that. So um, so for me, it's hurts. Are you getting great value at even money? Probably not. Um, you know, how, how, how can you attack Kansas City? We, uh, and, and again, yesterday, I thought the passing game is what was going to beat the 49ers for the Eagles. Obviously that wasn't the case. I had AJ Brown anytime touchdown, AJ Brown touchdown, Eagles win. That fell short for me. Um, and they were able to to run against the 49ers. Kansas City's rush defense is is can't even hold a, a candle um to the 49ers rush defense. So uh, you, you wanna put you wanna put some coin on maybe Miles Sanders, possibly. Yeah.
2: yeah. 28 to one. So not, not too bad right now. I think that's going to go down. But, uh, yeah, I think Hurts is such a big part of the offense, especially with his running ability, that it's tough to play against him. And we always argue on our show that actually there is value sometimes on, uh, you know, even money and plus 135 bets. If it's a dominant figure and the history of Super Bowl MVPs has mostly quarterbacks recently, then there's value there. When we talk about props, and the, the big rush is going to be a little bit tomorrow, uh, a lot more on Wednesday, and then an explosion on Thursday, do you have certain props uh, in these types of games that you like to target,
3: I'm sorry. Just really quick before we get to that, what is Hassan Redick? What what is what's what's his for MVP?
2: Is just below. He's 40 to one.
3: Uh, yeah, I would I would throw some coin on that too. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. So what 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 are, what are some of the, the other bets that I like?
2: Some of the props, the 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 areas you like to target, because really nothing is out specifically. You know, the heavy prop stuff is going to come out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But what do you generally like to play in games like this?
3: Yeah, so in looking at this matchup, like I said, the Kansas City Chiefs' uh, rush defense is uh, is not very good. So I'll be looking at some of the, the the rushing totals, um rushing attempts. Again, I don't believe that Jalen Hurts' shoulder is is who and, and I don't know anything, but maybe he'll he's going to require surgery in mm. the offseason. I don't like from what I understand, this is a grade 2 sprain. So we'll see. It takes a while for that to heal. I don't know. So I see them running the ball with Miles Sanders. So I'd be looking at over totals for um, carries and rushing yards for Miles Sanders. Um, obviously, uh, with Patrick Mahomes and that ankle issue, I'd be looking at uh, sack, uh, a sack possibly over one and a half sacks for Hassan Reddick. I'll be looking at that, um, and 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 also like you know AJ Brown has been held out of the end zone now for three straight weeks. So, dude's got to find the end zone again. He's just he was he was a touchdown monster all season long. So, I'm not going to stray away from that. I, I mean, he's he's got to score a touchdown in in the Super Bowl. It's not like Kansas City secondary is anything to write home about either. So, um, so I'll be looking at those.
2: Let's close on this one. Anita Marks is with us uh, from the Daily Wager on ESPN. All bettors look at the Super Bowl differently. Um, I'm not a I'm not a hardcore better. I'm betting pizza money. So I'm gonna be out and about. I'm gonna, you know, I'll probably be distracted during the game. So me doing in play is not very smart. How do you approach the game? Are you gonna watch with a bunch of friends? Are you going out? Or are you a kind of a, a betting hardcore person where you're just gonna sit at home and have multiple screens and try to play in play? How do you approach the game?
3: Well, it's kind of wild. So I, I live in I live in a, a town called Hoboken, uh, New Jersey, which is a stones throw from New York City. I, I call it the sixth borough. I take a ferry to get into the city, and I'm I'm in Midtown in five minutes. I love it, but for some reason, I have at least twenty Philadelphia Eagles friends. Oh wow! So, so I'm so I'm I will I'm going to go into the city and I will watch the game with a bunch of Eagles eagle fans.